Hey, welcome back to the Missing Peace Podcast. This is Cruz, and we are with Jared Neiman, the author man, of Missing The Missing Peace. It's been a great book, and it's been a great podcast. Thanks. And um, I, th- I think we say it almost in every episode, but thanks for writing it, dude. Like, oh, for thanks. real. Like, um, you know, the truth is, we've all been pursuing something. Didn't know it was peace, that we needed peace. Right, and the goal of our time together and the goal of this podcast is to help you find that, discover it, and bring it into your day-to-day. Right. And um, today we're talking about something really, really important. Um, I think it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's something that's hung in tension for a couple decades. Um, who's the greatest of all time? LeBron <laughs> or Kobe or MJ? Oh, stop. It's Jordan, of course. Um, you know... I'm I'm a Kobe guy, but it's Jordan. It's Jordan, of course. Yeah, I'm a Laker. We're Lakers I don't know why guys. They talk about yeah. it, but it's Jordan. No contest. Right. No contest. You know, and the, the reason I bring that up, right, is like I mean, obviously, you love sports. Yeah, we love sports. We talk sports all the time. Um, you know, but we're, we're ta- today we're going to be talking about your thought life, right? And I think it's so interesting, Jared, like that. Even like the greatest of all time have these moments in their story where they got in their own heads mm-hmm. and there was a noticeable difference yeah. in performance and output in disposition, yep. right? Because they could not get out of their own heads, right? And, you know, thought life is such a big deal to maintaining peace, right? right? Um, how, how much of outward peace and living in peace stems from in inward control and and a healthy thought life well i i think it's really uh one of the major players within maintaining peace in your soul right so so the whole thing comes back to your soul which is the combination of your heart and your mind so it's it's 50 percent of it so what's in your in your mind though is actually the starting point of what will get into your heart so we all have just insane amounts of thoughts, right? So they say that the average person thinks 70,000 thoughts a day. I mean, that's... That's a lot of work. That's insane, right? Wow. Uh, I mean, right now I'm thinking about how it is possible to have 70,000 thoughts while talking. Right? So uh, the mind is an incredible thing. And we have thoughts, many of which are inconsequential and they don't matter. But your thoughts then define your thinking, and that is what matters. I, I kind of put it like this. What's the, what's the narrative of your mind? Because that's your thinking. Sure. And your thinking then affects what's in your heart, your emotions, your convictions, your beliefs. Your thinking will, will influence what you say. So obviously your, your thinking, your, your, your thought, your thought pattern, your predominant thought is a catalyst to your behavior, to your All responses, to your All choices, to your disposition of literally your face, your body, yeah, right? Like I, I've heard you tell people, hey, fix your face, right? Because <laughs> they, they walking around, you know, and, and as a leader, as a pastor, you're like, come on, man, show, show some joy, show some passion, right? But uh, you behind that, the question is, what's the narrative in his yeah, mind? What are you thinking? In her mind that is causing her to actually physically manifest yeah. You know, looking down, looking somber, looking sad. Yeah, you shared, you shared something with me um, 
a couple months ago, and you said a, a skill always begins with a mindset, begins with a thought, right? So your thought drives behavior. Behavior, the way you said it, behavior drives uh, over a cons- consistent time, time period, drives habits, right? And what you do habitually becomes a competency. You right. become good at it. Yeah, good and, or bad. Right? Or you become good at being bad, right? right. Or at, at being, being like a downer or, being, right. or whatever, right? And then over time, you become, that competency becomes a skill. So the truth is, we can actually become skilled at either living in peace or living anxious, right? right? Living, living joyful or living down and pessimistic, right? That literally becomes a skill that we employ in our lives that began with, when we trace it all the way back, its origin story was what? A thought. A thought in our life. Right. It's a major deal, right? Proverbs 23 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so, so he. he goes, so his life becomes, right? Um, and so I think, I think this, Jared, like what, what, what I love about your book is that you really, again, confront us and you say, listen, it's not that complicated. It is, it is, it is, it, it is heavy lifting. Like a- yeah. anytime you take control of your life, it's heavy lifting, but it's not that complicated. You can control your thoughts. You can drive them. You can, you can grab hold of them. And you know, one, one of the things that you, um, that you make such a major point of in the book is that God has not given us the spirit of fear. Now, when we look at that, and you know, that's First Timothy, the Apostle Paul, and we can, we can over-preach it, um, but, the, but the truth is this, that God has not given us the thought of fear, right? The narrative or the self-talk uh, of fear, but he's given us what? Power, love, and a sound mind. Right. I love your take and what you teach us in the book on what a sound mind is. Can you share that with us real quick? Yeah, so the, the first thing, to realize there is that if God didn't give you something, you don't have to accept it. So when, when I saw that and, and that thought came into my life, I remember thinking, well, wait a minute. Then why have I accepted well, yeah. things that God didn't give me? He didn't give me fear. He didn't give me torment. He didn't give me anxiety. He didn't give me depression. He didn't give me panic. So then why am I giving them power that's a great... over my mind and my heart. That's great. Why am I exalting them or accepting them as my identity, my way of thinking, my belief, my thought patterns, right? So then that begs the second question or thought is, then what did he give me? He gave me power, which is his faith and his authority through Jesus Christ. He gave me love, which is his unconditional love that saves our souls, but they also gave me a sound mind. And that used to bother me. I mean, just, because I'm the type of person that will lay in bed at night and have a total, totally normal day. And then one little thing will happen and the lights will go out. I'll start thinking about that little thing, overthink it. And 10 minutes later, I'm full-blown crazy. (laughs) I mean, I've worked this thing into the worst-case scenario. My life's going to fall apart. Everybody's against me. This is horrible. It's all terrible. And I bet there's people out there watching and listening that they're like me. Overthinkers. I mean, you just lay in bed at night, and you were totally... Your mind was totally at peace when you got in bed. And 10 minutes later, I mean... You've like 
Hey, how much, how much, how much, like, how much does that dismantle people? Right. Like, I mean, so we, we start talking about like, like professional athletes and stuff like that. Like, um, but like when, when someone gets in their own head, right, you can see the crash and burn, right. The tailspin. Their confidence goes away. They become cynical. They start doubting themselves and the people around them. But what is so important is this. When you study out the word sound mind, of course, we know that the New Testament was written in Greek. So when you look at the original Greek word, it gives you a definition of what it should say to you. And what it says is, it is the ability to discipline and correct your mind. Mm. And so to me, that was encouraging. A lot of people don't view the word discipline as encouraging. But what it says to me is, wait a minute. God gave me the power that I can bring my mind, my thought patterns, my thinking into discipline and correction, and I can take control of it. And if I can take control of something, then I can reap the benefits of what that produces. And that's really where it all begins, is understanding that you don't have to accept this. God, yeah. God didn't give you... Yeah. The torment, the sleepless nights, the anxiety, that's not from him. What he gave you is the ability to take back control right. of your life with his peace, right. with his thought patterns, with his mindset, with his identity, and you can correct and discipline your mind, which will then bleed into your soul, your heart, and therefore come out in your life. I think it's incredible that, that, you know, you really highlight that, that the response, and it's, it's almost in, in the, in the layout of the scripture, that the response and the resourcing that God gives us to fear is self-control. Because if we think about fear, right? I mean, we're born with what? Two fears. Two fears. Right? Fear of loud noises, fear of falling. Everything else is learned. And if we're going to be quite honest, irrational, right? Most fears are irrational. Um, I'll, I'll say this. I don't have a fear of heights. I just really like being on the ground. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I, just, I just really like, really, I just really, so I really, I'm just a really grounded guy. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, kind of like my thing is I sit by the ocean. I swim in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> really? You don't, you don't swim in the ocean? Uh, I mean, I'll walk in. You're like, there's sharks in there, dude. Yeah. Like, no, I got sucked out one time and I was like, no, I'm good. Wow. The pool's made for swimming. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Like, but, I think it's so incredible how God really just built it that way, that you will find peace, power, and love, right? When you take control of what's irrationally driving your life out of control, right? right? Like I absolutely, So often it's just our mind. It really is, right? And God built it in a way where he gave you and I control. Now, you, you, really, you share some really great perspectives on how to get your thought life under control. When we come back, we'll dig into how to get that thought life and get out of our own heads. Stay tuned. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. We're talking about the missing piece and how to get out of your Ed, you know, so much of your peace is found or lost in the argument in your head, right. in your thought life, right? You know, Jerry, we, we talked a lot about just the power of thoughts in, in the first half of this episode, but I think, I think we really should just dive right into like, okay, how do I get out of my head? 
right? right. You, say, you just said during the break, you just said a really incredible statement to me that just like, it was like an aha moment. It clicked for me. It's like, Cruz, you just got to win the argument in your head. For some of us, we didn't even know that was an option to win the argument in our head. Like, right, so help there, us out, man. So there, there is a narrative that is always playing in your mind, right? It's your predominant thought. So we have 70,000 thoughts, but not every thought is collected yeah. and becomes a narrative. Many of them are, though. And those become your predominant thoughts, which begs the question, of course, what's your predominant thought? But what I've discovered is in the disciplining of your mind, that tells me that I need to think about my thoughts, right? So I need to take time to think about my thoughts. All of us, no matter who you are, no matter how mature you may be, how successful you may be, no matter where your life may be, we all have good thoughts, bad thoughts, peaceful thoughts, tormenting thoughts. We have crazy thoughts. I mean, just wild. We have thoughts that are evil. They're foolish. They're insane thoughts. And we have thoughts that are gracious and loving and kind. We all have them. They come into our minds. And the Bible speaks of bringing your thoughts into captivity. And there's a, an amazing set of scriptures in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5. And one day I was thinking about it. I think we were preaching on it in the church. And I just remember telling myself, Jared, you've got to start winning the argument in your mind. And it just like a light went off. And I realized, you know, I and many of us will argue everything. I mean, you see people arguing on Facebook with people they've never met right? about politics, religion, you know. Stuff that's inconsequential. Stuff they have no control over. They'll argue about movies and restaurants. We'll argue with our spouse. We'll argue with our boss. I've seen people argue with the person on the freeway while driving 65 miles down the road with their kids in the back. And they'll argue with someone about being cut off. We'll argue politics. We'll argue religion. We'll argue our views on whether or not gun, gun control. And I mean, we'll right. just argue, we'll argue everything. everything. We'll argue about where to go to dinner on a Friday night. We will argue and argue and argue, but we will not argue with ourselves. And so in our lives, there will become a narrative or a soundtrack or a, a predominant thought that comes into our identity, into our processes that is contradictory to what God thinks about sure. you. And those thoughts need to be thought about, and then they need to be disciplined, right? What is discipline? Discipline is saying no to something so you can say yes to something later. Or it is correcting a behavior so that you can produce a consequence that this behavior is not um, allowing you to live in, right? It's saying no to the dessert and saying yes to exercise so you can have a better one-hour appointment with your cardiologist a year from now, right? So, like, do you want the dessert? Of course you want the dessert. But what you really want is to not have a heart attack, right? What you really want is to not have high blood pressure or, or high sugar count. So you say no to that. You say yes to going for a walk so that you can enjoy the benefits of being healthy. The same thing needs to happen in our minds. Sometimes, and I know this is blunt, 
But sometimes we actually have to start telling ourselves to shut up. We have to tell ourselves to knock it off. We have to start arguing. Stop arguing with some dude who doesn't have a profile picture on Facebook and start arguing with the negative mindset that you have in your thought process. Stop allowing the enemy to tell you that you're a loser and contradict it. Like, if someone else walked up to you and said, you're a loser, you oh, would argue with them. Oh, we'd them. have some words. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you wouldn't allow them to say that to you. Yeah. But you'll tell yourself that and just go, yeah, that's What's right. incredible that I'm hearing you say is, is this one line, is, is, as, as you're talking, I'm hearing this one line. Cruz, self-discipline will cure self-deception. Yeah. Right? It'll fix that's it. That's brilliant. You know? And like, how often do we like- Can walk- you say that again? I will say it again. <laughs> self-discipline becomes a cure for self-deception. Yeah, that's brilliant. Right? Like, our, like we will... Can we, I edit my book? <laughs> 100%, right? Like, that's, that's yours, right? Like, but, but, I mean, how often do I talk? Do we talk, just agree? Right. Because we're agreeing with ourselves, we'll talk ourselves into stuff that's not true, no. stuff that is, like, so far from reality. It's toxic. It's, 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 it's incredible. But the moment I can discipline it, um, and... Here's what I love about your book, what I love about just how, how you process, is that, again, you make it so practical, so simple, right? So self-discipline. If I can stop and say, what am I thinking? Why am I thinking it? Why am I thinking it? What, what am I thinking? Who told Why me am to I think thinking? that? Right? Right. If, if I have enough, what am I thinking? Why am I thinking moments? I'll rule out a lot of my what was I thinking situations right? And a lot of us, when we look back, they say hindsight is always twenty twenty, right? Like when we look back in those moments of like, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? Yep. What was I thinking when I did this? What was I thinking when I said that? It probably would have been avoided with a little bit of self-discipline and asking the right questions. Why am I thinking this? Right. Why am I feeling this? What is this going through my head right now? You know? Um, so what, what are some, what are some consistent thoughts in your mind? I'm just, I'm just going to put you on the spot, man. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to pull it out. Sure, like sure. What, are, what are some consistent thoughts that you have to discipline and that you have to check, um, in, in your own thought life? Uh, well, there's a few of them and it, it's taken a process. I, I get very angry thoughts. Uh, I do. I, I'm naturally, I, I, I've had to like rebuild my entire personality over years, but naturally I'm an angry person, which is ironic that I'm like writing a book on peace. Well, may, maybe that's what actually the journey brought me to that place, but they still try to pop up and I will get overly angry. I mean, like enraged on the inside of me. And I have to tell myself, Jared, stop it. Knock it off. Change your thought on this. Just stop it. I'm also super pessimistic by nature. I'm, I'm like, the glass isn't half empty. It's empty. <laughs> Toss it out. Get rid of it. It's ridiculous. Why do we even have the glass? The glass. Throw yeah. the glass in the trash. This is awful. I'm one of those people, and so many people, we fall into this, right? You get home, like, your, your wife's like, how was your day? It's horrible. It's the worst day ever. Was it the worst day ever, or did you have a bad five minutes? And you allowed the five minutes to have authority over the rest of your day. Well, that comes with your thought process, that pr- process, and you need to confront that. And I think those are the two biggest things with me is, is I have to control my anger, those angry thoughts, and I, I wanna lash out. I wanna, I, by nature, I wanna like respond 
with words and if they hurt me i won't hurt them back and, and you can't do that that's that's never produces anything good never. so i have to i really have to tell myself to chill out and i have to remind myself to be positive i mean i will criticize myself you know you know me really well i can walk into things and see what's wrong immediately i mean i can just a lot of times that's actually what i do with our team like people come to me with the problem and i'll see through it but that's because I see problems <laughs> like by nature. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I just see what's wrong with everything. And so I have to force myself. No, stop it, Jared. Like, just stop it. And there's I, a lot of good there. I think, I think you're, you're, I, I love hearing you talk about it because there's a lot of, I have to, I have to, you know, is it, that's the case though, right? That's the that's key. It. Like I have to take ownership. You have to do it. Only I can do it. Right. Right. Like I, I'm, I can be influenced um, Discipline it, is is no one's responsibility except yourself. That's a big deal. Like, right? like nobody like can discipline you, but yourself. It's on now, me. when you were growing up, your parents could give you discipline, but even as a child, you, you could choice. you could choose to right. respond to that discipline with obedience the next time or more disobedience. No one can dis- No one can make you eat healthy. Nobody can. Uh, make you be nice to your wife. Nobody can make you show respect to the people around you. Nobody, as Jesus says, right? Love your neighbor. Nobody can make you do that. No, nobody can make you treat others the way you want to be treated. That is discipline of your behavior, your mindset, your mentality, and you're the only person who can do it. No one else is coming. No one else can no do one it. Else. God I mean, can't it, discipline you. The devil can't discipline you. Only you can discipline you. You know, and I, th- I think that's such a big deal, right? Because a lot of times we're waiting for external motivators and we're waiting for ex- external stimulus to, to change it. But the truth is, at the end of the day, no one can control you. You always have a choice, right? Like, like they can influence you. They can influence how you feel. They can influence the the thinking that, that come that, or the thoughts that come through. But at the end of the day, no one can control you. That's on me. That's on you, right? Um, I think I think that being able to peace and connect, taking control of my thoughts and grabbing my thoughts and saying, when I do that, I live the life of peace. Right, like I, when I grab them and I take control of them, they no longer rob me of my peace. Right, um, my dad. My dad shared this with me years ago. My dad's old school, Jared. My dad's um, my dad's a World War II veteran, right? And so wow. uh, he's got he's got some really cool little adages and stuff. But he said this. He said, "Son, look, thoughts are like birds, right?" And I was talking with him about um, about my thought life when I came when I came back to faith, like for real. When I came back to Jesus, for real. Um, I grew up around church. I'm a pastor's kid also, right? And so yeah. like, I grew up around church. And, um, but you know, I, I, I had my own journey. And so when I, when I came back, um, I, I, was really be, I would really beat myself up over, the, over my thought life. I would really just feel really, really ashamed and really guilty that I still had those thoughts. Do you know what I mean? Right. And my dad, my dad shared this with me. And he said, hey, look, thoughts are like birds. You can't control them. You can't, if you go outside here, you can't control a bird from flying over your head you're going to have a thought shoot through your mind. Right. It's going to happen. But then he said this, but you can keep them from building a nest, right? You can keep them from building a nest in your head. And I, I, I think that's a, that's a major takeaway from, from, from your book and this portion of yeah. your book that I, I can go knock those thoughts down, right. which is literally what the Bible says, right? right? Like tear them down. Tear them down. Address them. A, a thought doesn't have to become your thinking. 
And, and there is a huge difference. A thought doesn't have to become your thinking. Your thinking is the pattern. It, it will produce what you believe and how you behave. Right. So just because you have a thought doesn't mean that that thought has to have authority within right. your mind and within your heart. Right. Now, the thought that you do allow to consistently put on repeat and on, on heavy rotation, right? Right. Those that, are the thoughts that of God. Become, that becomes your life, and we want that to be the, the thoughts, thoughts of God. God. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Hey, well, listen, hopefully your thinking and how you think about what you're thinking was helped and you got some really great value from my time together today with Jared. You know, you can become skilled at living the life of peace. It's not as complicated as we make it. It really starts with right now. I'm going to ask myself, what am I thinking? And why am I thinking it? And what can I do different in my thought life and my thinking? So, hey, um, why don't you, after you watch this, watch this or listen to this, take a moment to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, a little cheesy, but it makes sense, right? So once again, hey, thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Missing Piece podcast. You know, the book is about to drop here really soon. We're so excited so about it. We're, we're coming down to the wire right. and it's about to be available. You can pre-order the book now and get so much more of this. When this releases, get this in your hands. You can go to jaredneeman.com slash the missing piece and make sure you're following Jared at Jared Neiman on all major social media platforms. It will help you help you help you jared thanks so much for spending time with thank us you. you guys thank you for watching thank you for tuning in so grateful to be on this journey of peace with you we'll catch you next time <laughs>